<laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome. I was holding that in. Like, as soon as I hit the button to play the music, I'm like, oh no, I have to cough real bad. <laughs> but I'm not starting over, so here we go. <laughs> so, uh. This is what happens when it's late at night. We are a little punchy. Well, it's not. Okay. For you, this is late at night. For me, this is not exactly late at night. All right. I think I'm. I think I feel better now. So, thank everybody for joining us on episode. I. Okay. Episode 103. <laughs> So here we go. Episode... You sure you're not going to start over? <laughs> no, we're not starting over. We're just going to keep, we're going to roll right through it. So thank you everyone for joining us here. Again, episode 103, if I haven't said that yet today, eight times. My name is Mike and by my side is Elisa the Yernista herself. How are you doing, Elisa? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing quite well. Thank you for asking. Good. Yeah. I've got this, uh, Wheat Men Can't Jump beer that, uh, my lovely wife purchased for me, not I don't know how a week ago. It was, I think it was last Sunday because it was after we did the podcast the last time. Was it? Yeah. It's wheat India pale ale with juniper. It was in the it was in the the discount cart in the liquor department. So that's always good when it's in the 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 what is the what do we call it the the produce cart the what I just call it the shopping cart. Yeah, the the cheap cart. Oh yeah, well that's one of the best. Well, that's where we get all of our Bloody Mary mix. So then I came home and I quick like picked off the label off the or the price tag off of the top of it because I didn't want you to know how much it was. You said it was two bucks, right? Yeah, it was. Which I mean, for a pint, two bucks in the clearance bin is still pretty expensive because we get those little cans of Bloody Mary mix for forty nine cents. There's no booze in those. That's a heck of a deal. Still, it's forty nine cents. So I asked yesterday when I was there yeah. because I said, well, you know what about. Why are these in here? And I'm like digging them all out. And, you know, our liquor store guy, Andy, he's yeah. looking at me like, you're crazy. And he's also looking at me like, I'm really happy you're taking those off we my hands. We will take all of them. Yeah. So, so I'm taking all of these out of there and I'm like, why are they here? He said, oh, I said, but don't people like it? He said, no, they like the big bottles. Hmm. And I'm like, I like these little cans because you and I can each have a Bloody Mary. It's perfect for a one It doesn't glass. have to be refrigerated. No. You don't have to like, because we don't have like Bloody Marys all day. No. We have like Bloody Marys in the morning, like early-ish or in the afternoon sometimes. Like once a month. But then we have like one. Well, now we have enough for a lot because I think I got like 23 well, cans or something. They're like single serving and they're yeah. in a can. They're going to last forever and it's just super convenient. So, yeah, it's worth checking out the, the El Cheapo clearance cart. Oh, uh, hi, Rollo. Rollo's the, making the, the a gunner, visit. The Gunner Rot cart is what... Um, the Gunner Rot cart? Yeah. Well, yeah, some of that stuff is already it's in some of it's the already... process of rotting. But in the liquor department, it's usually fine. Oh yeah, well it's in, it, again it's all in cans and bottles and everything else. We we will be fine and it's delicious. That would be where I got the whipsy that one time and I think we just threw that I think we finally threw that away. That might we? still that be disgusting. down there. I don't know where oh, what happened to that, but the we never wine got infused whipped cream that oh, yeah. it was terrible. We never tried it. We never even... Oh, I tried it. Oh, you did? Yeah, it oh. was. So it we... tasted it wasn't even sweet. It just tasted like wine whipped cream Blech. without sugar. Well, good. I'm glad we didn't. I don't know. We put. What would you even do with that? Put it on. You can't put it on ice cream. Well, maybe you could. I guess depending on the ice cream. Mm. But it sounds just gross. The there was a chocolate. I think like a cho- one of them we got was chocolate and something that I think would be good. Um, because I have a recipe for 
that I want to make. It's a hot, it's a red wine cocoa that sounds really good for like wintertime. I was thinking if we were going to campfire out this last Christmas, I would make it, but then yeah. we weren't campfiring out. So And then ruin it with wine infused whipped cream. But I thought maybe it might have been okay on. I, mean, I don't know. I'd like, if for something like that, that's already that sweet, it probably would be okay. It might be okay. Because yeah, because then doesn't need to be sweet on its own. It's just kind of a. I mean, there aren't any like directions for using it. It's like just, no. Here's this can of wine infused whipped cream, and it's like ugh, gross. Buy it because you think it might be interesting. It's a thing you buy one time, and then and everybody did that, and now they're out of business because everybody bought it once, and now they're done, and no more. Poor, poor liquor store guy got sucked into buying the wine-infused whipped cream. Somebody and has to hurry up and it. get rid of it. He, he apparently he didn't wait until they left the store to make their decision. He made the decision while they were there, sweet talking them. Yep, making sure that they left with uh, some purchase. Yeah, unlike Mister Shepherd from where was he from? Um. I looked it up. I, Somewhere in Virginia, He wasn't right? sweet-talking me. Yeah, he's from mm, West Virginia. That's not the way I understood the story. He's he's a nice guy. Was, yeah, exactly. But I waited until later to make my decision, and I'm glad I did. I don't know where it went. Um, I can I can spell it. I don't know how to say it. Spell it. You spell it, and I will say it. How about that? We'll cooperate. We'll work together. Oops. What does he want that's up there? I think he's looking at the ghost. Is, is, is. Is there any ghosts in here? I think he just does that when there's... How do you know? You can't see if there's a ghost in here. I thought there was a ghost in the store yesterday. Was there? Why? What happened? I'm sitting at the counter and all of a sudden... I mean, like, nobody was in the store and all of a sudden there's books on the floor. Well... It was gravity. Assisted by, it had to start somehow. It didn't, the books I don't just they fall were, on the floor. Um, they, were, they weren't like hard books. They were the soft kind of like magazine-y type books. And I think the thing got bent a little bit. So it it wasn't at like a full like upward angle. So I think they started like kind of sliding off. And I don't know if maybe it was warmer in there or something because I didn't have the air conditioning running. But then they like all fell on the floor. Mm-hmm. And I thought something fell in the office, so That's a ghost. I'm like, I'm just not even going to deal with it. I can't deal with it. I just hope I can open the door if something falls in there. I mean, the building's but then 100 and however many years it's old. A few years there's, old. There's probably ghosts in there, most likely. Somewhere in that building there are ghosts. There has to be at this point. It's got to be somewhere. So tell, you can tell oh. you a story about your your shepherd friend from out east. Um. So I, this isn't how you say it, but Sestari, C-E-S-T-A-R-I, that's not how you say it, though. I would say Sestari. I would, too, but it's like... Kestari? It sounded like something else when she called me the first time to set up the appointment. So, yeah, um, so it's it's a really... So I met with this, this guy, and he's he's 80. He's a shepherd and he's 80 and it was a really really wonderful like it was really nice meeting him and everything and um so they have they have a flock of seagulls they usually have 500 sheep i think but he's he's there he's working it back up because they had columbias and they had targies and now they're breeding them so they are columbia targi so 
Yeah, so then you don't have to like blend the two fibers from the sheep in the thing. They do it for you. On Is that like the a sheep. labradoodle? Well, it it would be like yes, yeah, so it would be like mixing dogs. Is it like a like I was thinking uh, not I was thinking a pug, but a pug is just a pug. There's not much mixing going on there. No, that's a pug. Is like uh like a bulldog and a Shih Tzu? Something can't like take that, you probably. anywhere. So take me everywhere. Um, so his name is Chester, and he is lovely. Um, and he told me all about his story about how where he he what he uh, started selling, and he was in his teens, I think. He was in New York and New York State, and um. Something about like Labor Day weekend, and he had a bunch of corn. He had like like a crazy amount of corn, and people weren't. Uh, he, his parents said, "Well, we're not going to stay here corn? and help you sell it all." So he said, "Well, that's fine. I'll sell it all." So they left for the day, and they're like, "There, there's no way you're going to sell all that corn." And they came back, so he started selling, and he was it was all gone. And, and he was, they what, said sixteen. You said? He was like in his teens, and so his parents got home, and they said, "Okay, fine. You know, where did it all go?" And he said, "Well, I sold it." And so you are a liar. They said, well, I want to see the money. So he pulled out like bags of money. So and then Did they have dollar signs on the side. Is that like, like monopoly money bags? So he. He discovered he was really good at like selling and like farming and stuff like that. Well, his mom wanted him. She came from a family of like doctors and um I don't know, doctors and probably where like, did fancy he get all stuff. of the corn from? Like the the I produce the, that he was selling, where did he get it from? I think they were like outside of the city, so he was getting it from like local farmers. Okay, so he was and buying he had, he had it a stand, and reselling it. it at a stand. Got it. So, <clears throat> so he he his backup plan. And he went to school for and finished his backup plan because his parents said, you have to have a backup plan. You can't just go and be a farmer. Was a lawyer. So he uh, ended up farming and being a lawyer and moving to Virginia with his family. And yeah, he was it was a very interesting meeting. But they had um, sheep and they have a bunch of sheep and they get cotton from Virginia. Mm hmm. Um, everything that they have is U.S. sourced except for the linen, which comes from, there's a linen blend that comes, the linen comes from France because that's, I think, where all the linen comes from is France. What is, I don't know why. What is linen, linen, linen made out of? Linen. It's just linen? Like what, flax what, plant? It's a plant? Linen? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, the, the cotton all comes from, uh, Virginia and it's really, really nice and soft. So we might see some of that in the spring. I might, but I don't know. Try it. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. Um, the the marina that they have is really nice, but it's like it's such a like a dense twist on it that it ends up, and I think it's going to wear really well, but you don't get the yardage. Yeah. So, and this is what we were talking about: is that after he left, I was looking at him like, so for the chunky, you get seventy yards, which can't do much with 70 you yards. might be able to do like some small like fingerless mitts but you really can't do would you a do that hat. In chunky? would you make mitts with chunky yarn oh yeah huh. well oh, yeah but i mean they'd end up having to be they'd have to be pretty small sure 
So, because even like worsted with like 70 yards is kind of pushing it sometimes. Yeah. I mean, you can get a little bit more real estate out of the, out of the chunky, but because you're going to be using bigger needles and whatnot. But yeah. yeah, so it was just, it was a very interesting meeting. He was, uh, very lovely. He's 80 and he had a bolo tie or he's 81. Sorry. He has a bolo tie with a, it was a hand carved, um, wooden sheep on it sure. on the top of it and uh, i should wear bolo ties how many i think a bolo tie my grandpa probably has some t- my all the t-shirts some nice I turquoise wear. stuff to yeah maybe i'll just go steal one from him yeah no he wouldn't mind he wouldn't even know i'd just be so quick You'd be like a ninja going in there exactly and, he yeah. wouldn't even know so yeah i spent my morning yesterday with a shepherd and it was fun so did he drive out here from virginia mm-hmm. So I, I assume he had making, his big old truck. He had like what you would expect, like a shepherd to be driving a shepherd from Virginia, a big, big truck. Yeah. And one of my older ladies was, she, I mean, like in her, she's 83, I think. Oh yeah. She was in there when he was walking out and she's like, oh, I should follow him out to his truck. And I'm like, <laughs> I said, he's happily married. They've been married for like 51 years. Yeah. So <laughs> don't go messing with that he's, situation right now. I, you know what? I'm sure as a guy going in the yarn business and going from shop to shop, he probably gets that a lot. It sounds like he's a, a charming gentleman. He's very charming. Yeah. Yeah. He's very, very likable. So, yeah. But, yeah. So, um, his yarn was nice and was something definitely to think about. So, but, yeah. yeah it's like a good product. It's something that you don't necessarily see a lot of, I guess. And he has things that he's doing trying to get – Trying to grow, I guess, the number of yep. uh, sheep in the United States of America because here in the U.S. we don't have a lot of sheep and a lot of things in New Zealand and yes, yeah, so uh, the population of the sheep in the U.S. has gone from 54 million in 1943 to 5 million 300 thousand today. In what um, year? First one? Since 1943. 43. Yep. So in 70 years, it's like a tenth of what it used to be. Yep. That's crazy. But, however, the world sheep population has gone from 1 billion to 1.1 billion with the most of the increase coming from meat breeds. So there's mostly Uh, meat breeds. Um, So, yeah, he has – so if there's anybody out there that's listening that wants to, you know, be like a host family for sheep, what what he's trying to do – be a host family for sheep? Oh, wow. I just really – well, I mean, if you, had, if you could be a host family for goats, then I'd probably climb on board. But I'm not sure I'm going to be, oh, oh, those are super cute. So, yeah, well, I don't think you get a baby. I think you get adults because they, they're, they're sheep. Like two of be, them? They're sheep that would be, you can go to, maybe I'll put a, put a link up for this, for the, the, the growing the sheep population. Send me a link and I'll throw it up there. Yeah. So it's, um, they, so basically you're a host family for the sheep. And so these are sheep that would be sent off for meat or just for slaughter that are perfectly good sheep. They can, they're at their prime. They can still produce are really they good wool. Are they wool sheep? They're wool sheep. Yeah. So they can still wool produce sheep, wool. Why are they going? Because there isn't anybody to, to handle them is what it sounds like. There isn't like anybody that's going to care for them. down or something maybe? Or somebody gets out of the business and decides they don't want to do wool sheep anymore? Um... Oh, progeny lambs. So it sounds like you might get a lamb. Well, I will take a lamb. Just one, maybe two. I'm not sure what the whole program is, but the, it's to to regrow the, uh, there's something, yeah, something about the slaughtering and the regrowing the, um, the, the sheep population in sure. the United States. So, um, but 
they also, if anybody is looking for, if you don't have like a local source for lamb, they also have lamb. I did see that you can actually buy from them. Yep. Yep. They have, um, what they have? Mutton burger mixed with liver, which sounds really good to me. So, and he was saying to, I found this very interesting. So meat sheep and, and this is from a shepherd. This is, this is me relaying what I learned from a shepherd and I, it made sense to me. So he said, um, wool sheep, they are, um, their meat is more lean than, um, meat sheep because wool sheep, more of the fat from their body is going into the wool for the lanolin Hmm. and it's not staying in the body as much. So you get leaner, more flavorful meat from the wool sheep than you do from meat sheep. That's interesting. I guess the meat sheep are just bigger then? I don't know. So If the meat is higher quality on the wool sheep, why even have a difference? Well, because you're using the wool sheep for wool. I think they're probably, I mean, they're... Well, but if the wool meat sheep is better, just eat them too. Maybe huh. that's why we need to save the sheep because everybody's eating the, the wool sheep. Well, that could be a problem. If they're so delicious and everybody eats them, now there's no more sweaters. Yeah. So there's some very cute pictures of lambs and sheep on their website. But yeah, it was a, it was an, it was a very interesting educational meeting. So yeah, and it was, it was nice talking to somebody that, um, uh, you know, has, cause I don't know if they come in and they think, you know, so, I mean, he's, he's 81. So to him, I'm very young, I'm sure. So he, he comes in and I, I know things, I mean, cause I have a background in fashion and, and, and I studied all, you know, the things that happened through the decades. So I can talk about, you know, what happened in the eighties and the nineties and the, the, the terrible fabrics and the, 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 you know, polyester and all of that. And it's just, then we end up getting going talking about that. And yeah, but yeah, so, but it was fun. So. And we have yet to determine whether or not you will purchase yeah. any of his wares, but yeah, yeah, it was a it was an interesting meeting. the The lady I talked to on the phone, she definitely she said that, and I'm sure it's one of his relatives because I think his he said his 13 year old grandson knows how to work everything at the mill. They do all the dyeing on site. They do all of the hmm. um, how old is grand- all the spinning. His 13 year old grandson knows how to run all the machines. He's 81 and he's got a 13 year old grandson. Maybe great grandson. I think he said grandson. Eighty one. I don't know. Somebody in that family. Because <laughs> if he's eighty one and say, well, if he was, well, they got married. Well, they might have started late because he was thirty one or thirty when they got married, right? Yeah. So maybe they just got a late start. Yeah. So if they got a late start and then their kids got a late start. They could. Man, oh, man, oh, man. That sounds like a lot of work for somebody who's older. Yeah. I mean, if, if it, it makes sense. Yeah, it could happen. That, well, yeah. obviously it can happen. Who was uh, the the odd couple? What was his name? The Not Oscar. The clean guy. Felix? Is that Felix? Oscar and Felix? Yeah. What was his name? Like the actor, he was having kids in his 70s. The real actor? Yeah. From the movie or the TV show? The TV show. He was... Oh, what was he his had name? He had like a thousand kids and he was having them in his 70s, I think. Because it was yet. Jack Lemmon in the movie. 
Yeah, I don't remember what his name was. I but anyway, the point is, he was having kids when he was old. <laughs> So I'm going to back up and say, if you want to support us here on the program, you can go to Amazon, actually no, go to LisaTheArnista.com. Over on the right-hand side, you can click on those uh, Amazon affiliate banner link things we have over there that'll take you to Amazon. And when you put stuff in your cart and check out, there's a good chance that Amazon will give a little commission to us here at the show, which then does allow us to pay for new equipment, uh, such as our microphones and web hosting and I could uh, definitely use a new computer I'm finding out because I was doing that streaming last night and it was it was screaming. It was not happy that I was doing what I was doing with it. I'm waiting for the, the video card to burn out and that would be a really, really bad thing for the podcast. But anyway, uh, do that. You can help us out. It doesn't cost you anything at all, but uh, again, it's a good benefit to us here. If you'd like to participate in the program, you can go to... No, you can't. I mean, you can, but just send us an email. Podcast at elisathearnista.com, and uh, we will take a look at that and respond to it on the air while we do the show. His name is Francis, not Chester. Francis is definitely well, it's not Francis, Chester. It's Francis Chester. He was able to talk to me about encryption and Square and all of this crazy stuff. If he's doing business, he better yeah. be up with the times. And apparently on his website, he does the blogging. Cool. That's neat. So, yeah, I was trying to find the thing to send to you. I'll do that later. But, yeah. So, yeah, he was a very interesting character. See, I mean, if he, I hope I am still going at that pace when I'm 81, that I can still be yeah. driving around the country and charming young ladies. I don't know what, what my job will be that I'm doing that, but I think that sounds okay. <laughs> you better figure out a job that's just creepy. So, that's a good way to, you know, that's a good way to spend time. If you got nothing else going on, just drive around and go to the local yarn shop and say, hey. Thank you, ladies. Tony you Randall played Felix on the there show. There you go. Yes. All right, Elisa. That was one of my favorite shows. I, I of know. Of course it was. Well, sure. <laughs> All right. I heard a rumor that you've been knitting some things. What have you been knitting? I actually, I, well, I haven't been knitting a ton, but I have been knitting some stuff. So um, I did cast my Veronica back on at knitting this week. Veronica so. back on? Who wrote that pattern, Veronica back on? Oh, my gosh. You are so funny tonight. I am. It's true. So I am. Um, We're getting to the point in the evening where I start to wake up and become productive. <laughs> and we're also approaching the, the, the time of day where Elisa has been in bed or is in bed. We we are not, not necessarily asleep. Maybe not quite asleep. We have that. We have a little bit of like air time that crosses that we're both awake. We got about two hours in the day where we're <laughs> around the same the same mental level. For me, about ten o'clock is when I hit my hit my stride and want to start doing some real work and being productive. And me, it's like. When the sun comes up. Right. Yeah. No, that's definitely not me. I love morning. Oh, this morning, I... You were up early today. Eight o'clock. I could not... I was, I'm like, being my eyes opened up and I'm awake and I could not get back to sleep. I wanted to sleep because I went to bed. It was about one o'clock when I went to bed. I say it was late. Yeah. So I, I'm like, well, okay, I'll sleep until nine. There's my eight hours. Plus, I had I did legs yesterday. And so I have to sleep because otherwise my legs don't recover. So I'm like, okay, I go to bed at one, get up at nine. There's my eight hours. Eight o'clock came around. I could not sleep anymore. See, part of it though is you go to bed at nine, you or you go to bed at one or whatever, and you go to sleep at one. 
Yeah, I go to much. bed at like 8.30 or 9 and I get to sleep maybe like 10. Maybe. But you don't like try to go to sleep right away. You're I do. Oh, okay. I do. But then I usually wake up at like 2, 2.30 or 3. Yes. 2.30. That, that 2.30, 3 o'clock is when I've talked to like a yeah. lot of women that there's just, I don't know if it happens to men too. But a lot of my friends, they say there's like that two thirty, three o'clock that you just like wake up and, you know, I'm like, okay, well, I can get back to, if I can get back to sleep in an hour, that's fine. Um, but then it starts getting to be like 4.30 and then it gets to be like 5 and then like you're going to be up in an hour and I'm going to probably get woken up and because Rollo's going to have to go out mm-hmm. and he's just not going to want to do that. And yeah, so then it's like, oh, I have to hurry up and get back to sleep, so. Yeah. But there's that that waking up and I don't know if there's like some like thing that like the brain gets like rested enough that it starts going again and then you wake up because I wake up and yeah. I'm like thinking of stuff at like two thirty three o'clock in the morning, which is so stupid. I should just be sleeping. Yeah, that is pretty You dumb. go to sleep and you just like sleep. For the most part. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me jealous because I wish I could just go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I'm. Close your eyes and don't wake up until the alarm goes off. I wish. So I'm knitting Veronica again. Um, I had more going. I, I cast it on a while ago. I had a hard time getting roll gauge with it. Um, and I think, I think I was doing what I tell everyone to do that. I think I was doing to do or what, what I tell not everyone to not do. to do Okay. that I, um, when you knit a swatch, you should knit how you're going to knit. Your whole sweater. Of course. Don't swatch the point of and knit swatch. intentionally because if you're swatching intentionally and trying to get gauge, then you're not going to knit your whole sweater like that. No. Nope. So um, my row gauge was off. So I had to cast on again. Um, I'm on a bigger needle this time and I think it's going to work out. Um, but the, I'm using shelter on this and it's really, really pretty and it's so nice. Yeah, it looks nice. So, um, but yeah, I'm not very far on it. So cut uh, one of the... Um, one of my knitter, knitter friends came in today and um, she knitted in wool stock and she did not like the fit on her because she doesn't wear like, she actually, she gave it to another knitter, but she traded them for yarn. Cause when she said she like just gave it to somebody, I'm like, that's all that better be someone that you Is really, this... really like. So it's like the time when my cousin traded his leather jacket for guitar. Is that? I don't know. Oh, but it was an actual trade, you're saying. Well, it was like a trade. She didn't just like cards. give it to her. So, um, so she did it in wool stock and she said it turned out beautiful in wool stock because wool stock is another yarn that would, I think it would work well for it um, because it's so light and lofty and does well being worked up at a looser gauge without like becoming like droopy and like saggy. So, um, but yeah, I love the shelter. It's been a lot of fun to knit, so um, I'm going to get back on it now. She says she knit it in a couple weeks, so. She who? Um, my knitter friend that came in today. Got it. So um, I'm hoping I can, I'm, I don't think I officially signed up for Very Shannon's Knit Along, but I think I'm going to um, maybe do that and get myself Another going Another Knit Along? Well, yeah, it's the fall knit along. I usually hmm. try and sign up for Shannon's. Yeah. Well, I didn't know she had one going. It's yeah, first she I've did. Heard of it. And I didn't sign up for oh, it. Well, Lisa. I started knitting on it and then, yeah, I got distracted by stuff. So, um, but yeah, because I think I might have some good knitting time tomorrow. 
So. Well, at least, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. In the car, if nothing else. Why would I have any time during the day? We might be playing volleyball. <laughs> you never know. It's something that we would do. I'm thinking no. Uh, no, no. We're going to go hang out with my uh, my father and his significant other and my aunt and uncle who are, well, except for my father's significant other, they're all in their 70s. <laughs> well, my dad's close. I guess he's, technically he's not 70 yet, but he's awfully close. Well, but your uncle's wife, I don't think she's 70 yet, is she? No, she's not 70 yet. Um, she's you know, younger, I, I think. Yeah, I guess she's probably younger too. I don't know how old she is. So then just your uncle is in his 70s. Yeah, I guess technically that's... Yeah. But they're, okay, they're late 60s. They're much older than we are, let's put it that way. And we will not be playing volleyball, I guess is my point, if you want to get all technical about it. We usually do a lot of um, eating. Yep. Um, Talking. Smart talking. Not just talking, smart talking. Talking about very important things, solving the problems of the universe. Yeah, yeah. Um, So the other thing that I've been knitting on... Is for the. Uh, it's very noisy because I have clinky big needles big in there. Big fat needles. Um, I am knitting on a sweater in Quarry by Brooklyn Tweed. I might have did I? I think I had this going last week. I don't know if I was showing it off not yet or not. But I don't think so. Um, so. It's I, an interesting color. It's like not quite brown, but it's not really like purple it's but it's kind of blue at the same time yeah it's a is it called is it hematite i think that's what it is hematite is a rock right like a lava rock or something yeah the whole um the whole yarn line is called quarry oh okay so um yeah it's hematite so this is the pink flecks in it and yeah, huh. it's well, and this is one that I told I wanted to pick a color that I wouldn't normally pick. So I had you help me. I had I got your input on it. So oh, um, you're welcome. I don't remember that color at all. Uh, well, I <laughs> sent you a text that had said, oh, "Hey, that one." Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that's a good one. I like that. I'm glad I picked that out. Um, and then I checked with my friend Amanda and and said, "Well, what do you think about this color?" And she's like, "Oh, well, I fully approve of that color because that was the color I was going to pick." So, yeah. Um. So this is, um, uh, I think, it, I can't remember what it's called. It's the, I can't remember what the name of the pattern is, but it's from uh, the Coco Knits sweater workshop book that we are doing a class on at the store. So this was the big thing, the big secret thing that I was talking about last week. Um, we're doing a class on it and um, there is a video accompany- accompaniment with it. Did I say the word right? No, I just it makes me think of uh, Old Brother Where Art Thou when he's talking about the accomp- accompan- accomp- accompanist. <laughs> so, I don't remember that part. No, that's a good movie. But, um, so the Coco Knits, the method. So, Julie Weisenberger, she, fo- she really focuses on doing things. Um, yay, I'm getting, like, props for... Uh, Stepping outside of my box in the chat room with, with the, the colors, with the yeah. colors. So yeah, it's it's a really pretty color, but I don't feel like any other colors are too crazy. So yeah, um, so the the cocoa knits method is it, it it Julie does pretty much everything top down. Well, it's seamless for the most part. She does top down or bottom up seamless, and this one it's nice because you have the um. 
with this method, you have the seam for the shoulder. It's set back a little bit, so you get a nice kind of smooth look on the shoulder. Mm -hmm. Um, But you get the way that it needs to actually fit with having the back down a little bit further because, you know, you need a little bit more fabric on your back because your back has a little bit of an arch on it. I'm not going to call it a hump because that makes it sound like... I mean, I got a a bit of a hump going on, but that's okay. That's because you're old. Yeah, it's true. My posture is awful. So it's kind of, it's, it's really fun. And then it gives it the way that the increases are done. It gives it the look of having set in sleeves. So it's a little bit more flattering and you get a nice line down your shoulders instead of, you know, lines coming down and like pointing at your head for like a typical raglan. So, um, what? yeah, I need to see pictures of typical raglans because I don't, there's a line it pointing goes, at your yeah, head. They go like this. So huh. if you have really oh. narrow shoulders, it's not good because it's just going to make you look even more narrow. If you have broad I don't need shoulders, to worry about that, Elisa. Yeah, no, you don't. So yeah, so it's really fun, and this is like this is such a such a fun knit because I'm on I'm on an eleven, and it's bulky yarn, so it's really moving pretty quickly, really fun. Yeah, cool. So I think I have a few inches left on the body. I am using, and it's it's kind of fun because the um the the technique for the um for the for the for the, the because it's all Julie's stuff, and all of the tools that she has um are things that she has created because they're useful to her. So the stitch markers that she uses are color coded, and I thought they were just like fun colors like these are stitch markers that are you know it's just fun who doesn't like fun colored stitch markers there's actually a practical purpose for them with this technique so it's really cool with that um the um the stitch holders it's a leather cord and then the end of the leather cord kind of like screws into a little bit of a um uh like a little like metal needle tip um, so you can easily put them on there, but then you can just take and I tie mine up in just a little bit of a, like a slip knot. Mm-hmm. And then when you are ready to reclaim your sleeves, then you screw the needle back in and then you can just knit right off of it. You don't have to fiddle hmm. around with anything else. Um, she recommended she has these cool little like clips, um, that which are, have been extremely popular for seaming. Um, and she recommended, she said she uses them for, um, the sweaters where you end up putting the sleeves on hold. You take these little clips and put them on the two edges between where the sleeve is and the underarm. And it keeps things from getting too stretched out of shape. Ah, I know, smart. right? She's pretty brilliant. So yeah, she, she came from the fashion industry and she... Kind of knows what she has. She has like really interesting lines in her designs, and then she has some really cool knitting tips. So very cool. But yeah, so I'm I'm really excited to see how this blocks up. So, but yeah, it's fun. I'm really enjoying it. So I'm looking at. I'm either gonna do. Um, I can't decide. There's there are two other um, sweater patterns in the book that I want to do. Um, one is a cardigan and a fingering weight, and the other is a pullover. Pullover! See, I, I know when to just wait now. No, it's a cardigan, <laughs> but thanks for noticing. The other one is a pullover and a worsted weight, and it's really fun. Um, it, it had, there are two different versions of it, and, um, 
one of them has like they, they're really cool. One of them has um like elbows. They're like, well, like, like, elbow, elbows? It's like they use the... a contrast color for like elbow patches. And then the other one you do um you just do like garter stitch for the elbow section. Mm. So it's kind of cool. So it gives it just a little bit of a design element. Um and then there's um one of them has a kind of there's some short rows that you work on the back, so you end up kind of like with a with a little the the back ends up like longer than the front. Hmm. So yeah. Cool. Yeah, the designs in the book are really fun. And there's just, yeah, it's just, it's a lot of really cool, interesting tips and stuff like that. So, but that was my big, that was my big news. So that's big news. Yeah. And it's, I'm having a lot of fun. I like knitting sweaters. Well, you better, you've got what, three of them going now? Sure. Four, eight. How many do you have going? Some. Ah. What you doing? My ear was itching, so I had to move my headphones, and they got all kitty wampus and askew. So, yeah. Um, I don't count how many I have going on right now, but... You might want to start bite off more than you can chew. No, this one will be done pretty soon, and then I'll do another one for, like, during the class, and then... Um, yeah, I think that's... I don't actually have a lot of sweaters going right now, so I'm doing pretty good. All right. If you would like to purchase any of the products, is that leather thing on there on the website? Yes, there well, are four of them left in stock. They're on back order, I think, until the end of September. So if you oh. are looking for any of those, get one. those uh, stitch holders, they are available until uh, until that's all I have until next month. All right. So you can purchase the yarn and those leather thingies. Buy all four of them if you want to. I don't care. Hoard them for yourself. Go to fireflyfibers.com. It's a local yarn shop that Elisa and I own right here in Beaverdam, Wisconsin, which is where we live. And make sure you put at least $100 worth of stuff into your cart because when you do that, you're going to get yourself some free shipping. And uh, Elisa will pack it all up into a box with some tape and some love. Yeah. And then she'll send it out the door with her UPS guy or probably the, the postal service guy because... They're super nice, and they do a good job delivering things for us. But, yeah, go to FireflyFibers.com, order some things. It's awesome. And I got, I just got in the rest. Of, I think we have pretty much everything from Coconuts right now. I mean, anything that's out of stock is because it's on back order. So we have the, the yarn snips, and I just got in some of the handy fix-it tools. Um, I got some more row counters in, so... Yeah, there's some more stuff that they're they're revamping, and that'll be on the end of next month. And then I have a bunch of the uh, Coconuts Sweater Workshop books, too. There you go. Bunch of stuff. Coconuts. Yeah. Fireflyfibers.com. Yep. Purchase it. Help us pay for the upcoming winter heat that we will need to heat our house. Well, and knit a sweater. And you can knit a knit sweater. Knit some stuff. More importantly, though. It it's all packaged really, really awesome, Help though. us buy some food and pay our bills, of which there are many. Apparently somebody needs a new computer. At some point, maybe somebody's son keeps asking if you while. got a new computer yet. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen for a while yet. So, well, what are we going to talk about next, Lisa? What are we going to? Where are we going here at this point? Um, I think you can share the breaking news. Should we share breaking news? I don't really. This isn't knitting news, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna use the knitting news music. We've been building up to this for nine months my sister finally had her baby it seems like it's been it hasn't been nine months nine we just months. found out in like february so. okay so it's been six months yeah close enough but yeah so she finally had the baby on uh 
what day is Saturday? The 23rd. She was due on the 22nd. Yes, the 23rd. 12, 16 a.m.? 12, 13, 16, something like that. But it was right after midnight. Six pounds, seven ounces. Yeah. 19 and a half inches long. So she went the full term, which for some, they didn't think they were going to do. And then they did. So I don't know how all of that stuff works, but... They they went all the way to the very end, and Clara Sophia is the name. So I need I need to talk to my sister, which I have not. I've I've we've texted and we've done some of that, but I've not talked to her. I'm curious to know where the name came from. I'm, it's a it's it's neat because it's kind of an old timey name. Yeah, and it's I I've seen some things that some of those uh, you know some of those old names are kind of coming back, kind of coming back in vogue. And they're they're becoming cool again. So I'm happy to see that. So it's a unique name. I think it's something different. I'd be curious to see. And she looks like a baby. I think she's a really pretty baby. And somebody said that you know some babies are kind of funky looking. And she's I think she's really pretty. Yeah, she's a very normal looking. She has hair. Her lips are so cute. Yeah, I haven't seen her eyes yet because they've been closed the whole time. Every picture we've gotten, all her eyes are closed all the time, which I guess makes sense because she was just born. So she's tired. Well, sure. That's hard work being born. Yeah. So. So that's yeah. the big news. I in, in a couple of weeks we'll probably go up and uh, say hi and. We might have to miss Sheep and Wolf Festival to go up and meet the baby. What is that? Two weeks. Hmm. Yeah. Because no, in three I... weeks from now we're going to be up north. Oh, that's right. At a cabin. Yeah, I would much rather uh, go see my new niece, Clara, than go to Sheep and Wool. Sheep and Wool is fun. It's neat. There's a lot of wasps, but I'd rather go see the baby. And I have not really cared much about babies up until this point. You could take them or leave them, but Yeah, I got the finally, text on. Was it, it was Wednesday morning. I assume they didn't yeah. want to like text us at like you know midnight, because as we've been clear about, that's well past my bedtime. Well, during the week, it's well past mine as yeah. well. So I uh, I uh, got the text in the morning. It was like 8.15 or 8.30, and my eyes just welled up and just tears pouring down my face. So Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. It's very exciting. Yeah, I don't get very excited about babies. There are very few babies I get really excited about. I mean, unless you've got some sort of a connection to them, like, well, this one, I guess. But, yeah. I have some friends. There's There's a few babies that I really like, but, well, now they're toddlers and they don't want anything to do with you. Don't want anything to do with you. Me, we'll we'll toddle around. I'll toddle with a toddler. You will? Sure. Yeah, he's going to go, no fun. No fun. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. He will say, I am all kinds of fun. Babies are fun. Are you going to teach her how to um, lift weights and drink beer? Yeah. When she's 21. Sure. You can teach her how to get beer until then. That's that's what the babies are, or toddlers are good for. I guess maybe not toddlers. At what age does a kid stop being a toddler? I don't know. We don't have children. Thirty-seven. Like I don't know. Are I don't you still know. a toddler? I mean, kind because of. Because apparently you're, you're you're in your late thirties. So. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't know when that ends. I feel like I'm still kind of toddling around. You are. All right, should we do some real knitting news? Because that was just regular baby person news. All right, we're going to do some real and actual knitting news. 
The, what the is first that? story is incredibly interesting. So researchers knit and weave yarn battery for wearables. So wearables being, of course, wearable technology, whether it's uh, like watches or like um, like augmented reality glasses, you know, things like that that are kind of coming uh, down the future. Things that are are going to be everybody will be walking up and down the street with all of these wearables. So removing the need for uh, for rigid and cumbersome batteries, a team of Chinese researchers has, has designed a rechargeable and flexible yarn-based battery that could be produced at scale on existing industrial knitting or weaving machines. So it's not actually it's not like it's it's wool yarn or or alpaca yarn. It's actually the the fabric that it's made out of is, is metal, but it's electrically conductive and it's so super thin and flexible that uh, it can uh, be used as so for example on your Fitbit or say like an if somebody's got an Apple Watch or a Samsung Watch or something like that instead of putting a battery in the watch itself the band would be the battery hmm. and so it would it's it's flexible to that point so you're saving yourself a lot of room in the wearable or or in the, in the device itself and so then it becomes part of you know, some other area of the thing. So I thought it was interesting that they've got this, but it could be done using existing knitting or weaving machines that it, this metal is so fine and so thin that it could be knit or weaved, you know, on, on like a, a, a sweater machine or something that's used to make big, I don't know what, like on a, a skein of yarn, you know, it's not 200 yards. Those things are, you know, hundreds and thousands of yards and they cut them up to make smaller skeins, right? So is it like, like the, so is it finer then than like the conductive thread that people oh, yeah. have been knitting into, like they've been knitting it with other stuff so they can use the like into gloves, like into gloves, so they can use touch screens. Yeah. Oh yeah. Much, much finer than that. Um, so the researchers used stainless steel 316L spun at high temperature to form micron-sized filaments. Hmm. So that's teeny tiny. Followed by uh, a twist bundle drawing technique obtaining highly conductive continuous yarns, 180 to 250. I don't know what that is in diameter. I'm going to say really small. Uh, with the flexibility similar to that of cotton yarns, those formed the basis for the two electrodes used in their yarn batteries. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So I mean, we're, we're kind of at a, a turning point here where batteries are getting smaller and the way we make them and what we perceive as batteries to be a lot uh, different. There's a, another story, which I didn't look at yet, but stretchable zinc batteries promised self-powered wearables. So this one looks like it's basically a battery built into a shirt. And I've seen some things like this where mm -hmm. basically uh, like where it says self-powered is that just the movement. So you get this built the into friction. your... Well, just not even the friction necessarily. I mean, I guess kind of, but just the fact that it's it's moving on itself generates an electrical charge, which then uh, goes into this battery, which is a stretchable zinc battery. And so you basically get this shirt that is a battery. And then you can use that battery to power, again, a watch or maybe the shirt itself maybe does things. It, maybe it lights up. So when you're out walking it late at night, you've got the dog and the shirt lights up and all kinds of, you know, who knows what, what some of these things might be used for, but hmm. very interesting. I figured with all the talk that we've had the last couple of weeks about artificial intelligence and, and robots and things like that, this was a, a good story to follow up on some of those things.
a practical follow-up. Yeah. So the other one, I want to get your perspective on this one. So this is a really interesting newspaper. So it's the, I don't know, how do you pronounce this? Otago? Otago? Daily Times? This is a newspaper out of New Zealand. It's been like the longest running daily newspaper in New Zealand history. And what they do is they actually run um, kind of a, a section on their historic, like some of their, their old uh, stories from, you know, 100 years ago or 150 years ago, whatever it happens to be. But there's one in here about knitting the thousands of women throughout the Dominion who are devoting every spare moment to the knitting of socks for their kith and kin. That's one thing I like about this is it's you can, the, the writing style and the language and, and the words and stuff is, is fun. On active service will be interested to know that an Otago resident, Miss Cornish of Waikoikoi? Waikoikoi? I don't know. Have read in a magazine that two socks could be knitted at once. Crazy talk. I know. Has discovered the method by which this can be done with highly favorable results. Miss Cornish proposes to have the directions printed whereby the simultaneous knitting of two socks can be effected. Clearly my grandmother did not read that article. <laughs> no, she wasn't apparently around in 1917. I don't know. Well, she was around after that. <laughs> <laughs> this is from, this is oh. from August 15th, 1917, and Lisa's grandma in 1980 and change. No, nine, no, 2000s. No, it was... You were there. Was I? You were there, and I was knitting two socks at the same time. And she's like, "No, you can't do that." Yeah. So she apparently was not very uh, cranky German and not part of the story. She says, nope, can't do that. And I'm like, "But I'm doing it." Nope, you can't do that. In the knitting revolution like, in World War One, but it's happening. Knit, you could knit two socks at the same time. Nope. Crazy talk. And this has nothing to do with knitting. I just like this story a whole lot, so I'm going to read it. Um, shopkeepers' rivalry. Wait a second. Uh, I just want to make sure this is the story I want to read. Yes. So the arrest of a Chinese woman at an early hour on Friday morning under extraordinary circumstances is recorded by the Wanganui. Now, what is this New Zealand? Like the, it's probably, I mean, it's, it sounds like it's a uh, Wisconsin, like native American words probably, in New Zealand. Yeah. They've got their, their native uh, language and stuff as well, where everything's named after that. I grew up in Bemidji, Minnesota, but, uh, so it's not like I can really talk much. Yeah, it's recorded by the uh, Wanganui correspondent of the Dominion, Genki and company fruiters, fruiterers, in a large way have been subjected to considerable losses lately by mysterious breaking of large glass globes under the veranda of their shop. Every time new globes were put on, put on they were smashed. The police investigated matters, and a little after one o'clock on Friday morning, the men watched on. Men watched on. Wait, oh, the men on watch observed a figure quietly creeping along to the shop. One big globe was smashed, and just as the person was about to damage another with an iron bar, the police flashed a searchlight in the face of the culprit and discovered it was the wife of an opposition fruiterer. What? When they attempted to arrest her, she gave vent to some weird screams and violently struggled against capture. She tried her hardest to bite the constables, <laughs> but they eventually landed her goal. She was remanded on August 22nd, bail being allowed in two sureties of 50 pounds. <laughs> you don't bite the police. <laughs> no, you don't. Biting the police is a bad idea. Just This just sounds hilarious. You've got these two women... <laughs> Who are rival? 
fruiterers. Fruiterers. <laughs> and they're going to smash the... Oh, God, it's so funny. And then they come to arrest her, and she freaks out and starts screaming and trying to bite the <laughs> cops. I just thought, again, not knitting-related in any way whatsoever. I just thought it was a fantastic story, so I had so to share. So do you think, as a general rule of thumb, you just should not bite the police? I think in, yeah, it's just a bad idea. I don't think uh, biting the police is ever... <laughs> ever a good idea. I don't think it's going to work in your favor no, in any situation. There's no way they can end positively for you. That's just, it's just in general, a really bad idea. So I think at this point, we're going to go ahead and bind it off. As we've mentioned several times in this episode, it's well past Lisa's bedtime. So I haven't really been, I've been yawning a little bit, but not too bad. See, I'm telling you, this is the time to be awake yeah. and do things. So thank you, everybody, for joining us here in episode 103. If you'd like to participate in the program, you can send us emails again, podcast at elisavyarnista.com. An even better way to participate in the program is to go to patreon.com slash elisavyarnista. There for $5 per month, which is only $5 per month, you can get access to the video version of the podcast, which does also grant you access to the chat room while recording live each and every week and get in there and hang out with some super cool people who are in there right now being smarty pants being smarty pants you too can be a smarty pants for the low low price of five dollars <laughs> per month so go check that out patreon.com slash lisa the arnista uh, if you want to follow elisa on all of her adventures between now and the next episode of the podcast go to elisathearnista.com up in the upper right hand area you can find all the social media things there's ravelry and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Find that stuff. Including my What the Fade. Including Elisa's What the Fade. Adventure. You have an adventure? In colors that I would not normally pick. Oh, yeah. Go that check starts that on the 31st. Things that are definitely outside of Elisa's normal wheelhouse color-wise. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't see any green or gray or brown. No, it was like pink punchy in the face pretty, colors. Pretty pink crazy. and purple. Yeah. So go check that out. But in the meantime, uh, we're going to bind it off. We're going to weave in our ends, and uh, we will see you all in a week. Take it easy. Cheers. And what on earth can we show them to give them their money's worth? Lady Grantham knitting?